Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Daily Video Devotional. Pete Wilcox having coffee with the king. I'm your co-host, Psychic Angelo. And now the man of the hour, the man with the power. Too uh, sweet to be sour. Pete Wilcox, how are you, brother? You're very kind. I don't know if I'm the man of the hour. We are the men of the hour, but we certainly welcome you to our energy, our effort. And let's face it, what we're trying to do is put the word and put the love of Jesus and, and our Heavenly Father into our daily life. And so we thought we would do it by having coffee with the king. The king, of course, being Jesus. And he is the word of God who teaches us and instructs us and lets us know that we're chosen and loved. That's a nice way to start your day, the way I'm Absolutely. looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah, come on. Couldn't think of a better way to start the day, Pete. Speaking of... Uh... Starting today, how are you today? How, how did you start your day today, brother? Well, I, what I usually do is I, I just kind of realize, oh, I'm awake. Thank you for another shot. Um, I hope that I can be of service today. And then I usually, I wonder what my wife wants. Hang on just a second. <laughs> Bless her heart, my lovely wife, Linda, is having kind of a knee issue. So we're working on that I, because... I, mean, what, I constantly remind myself, and of course we ask our viewers, remember, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, there's no ailments in heaven. So, you know, that's what I'm calling on. I'm calling on, on his world here, his will here. He doesn't want my wife's knee to be bad. And do, do we understand it? Absolutely not. Billy Graham said that. Do I understand everything? No. I have to accept it by faith. We'll get it one day. Yeah. We'll absolutely. get it. Absolutely. We'll get it one day. I know, well, it's so funny. You say, there was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, I wish this wasn't going to happen. Uh, and it was, I'm sorry, you do have to go through this. Um, by doing this, you will save humanity. And he, thy will be done. There are things that are going to happen we're not going to understand. And... Uh, we just have to look around us, accept life, and know that we've been blessed with the gift of life, the chance to be, the chance to examine and, and participate and look at his amazing creation and know that we're Absolutely. Yeah. You know, no I hear people complain a lot and they, they, they gripe and moan and, you know, and the, the woes of the world uh, seem to eat at them every day. But I'm going to tell you something. I say it to everybody. Every day above ground is a good day. So as bad as you think you have it, you're doing pretty damn good. Oh, and, and really are. in our country, how blessed we are. When I, when I look at what's happening in Afghanistan and, uh, you know, and really, I think you and I will both stay away from the political agenda. Our political okay. agenda is to serve the Lord. That's, that's Absolutely. our. We look at There's nothing to be gained by politics, you know. Uh, if um, if you want to you know immerse yourself in politics, you can do it three times a day. It's called the news. Well, yeah, and also I think the thing about politics, the art of politics, is to make life go smoother. Being politically correct, trying to make this room yeah. people operate without an argument, and and it's and now try to make the planet operate like that. Yeah, and how's that working out, Pete? You know, I, we look at our southern borders, and without taking a stance, it's young mothers running away from countries that are filled with thugs and drug dealers, murderers, and rapists. 
Yeah. They come to us for help. You look at Afghanistan, you got the Taliban beheading people in the street, raping women and children, and those people running to us. We are, as I recall, one nation under God. He would say, try to help, try to help, try to help. Mm -hmm. Offer your arms in an asylum, one way or another. You can't just shut the door and say, you can't come in or we don't care. Dear God in heaven, Please don't let America ever say that. You close your arm, you close your doors to the cry of the world. Yeah. He may close his arms to you. So Well, understand though, Pete, you know, and I'll be uh, I'll be honest, I will confess to, to the world, I was one of those people who had that mentality. They're not our problem, they have their own issues, that's not for us to deal with. But then the more I look at it, you know what? There are people far less fortunate than us. We have the capability, the resources, and the willpower to be able to help individuals. Then we should. Why not? Absolutely. There was another famous question. Am I my brother's keeper? The answer was yes. Exactly. Well, that that's the question. You know, we ought to do a show on that question one day. Are we our brother's keeper? Because there are people... Uh, interesting people, learned people who have a, a, a really interesting and unique take on that question. Um, I've actually had him on my old show. Yeah, well, uh, before we go too further, though, Pete, before we go too much further, I want to acknowledge a brother in Christ named Tim McBride. Yes, Who yes. has a, uh, a, a, a website and a show called Coffee with the King. And out of deference to Mr. McBride, Brother McBride, we have changed Pete Wilcox coffee with the Kings to Pete Wilcox having coffee with the Kings. Yes. And we uh, listen, we wanted Tim, uh, if you are kind enough to or curious enough to see our broadcast, know that we appreciate you and know that you are trying to do the same thing. We can't go, we can't step on each other's toes. If you're speaking on behalf of the Lord and you're speaking on behalf of the Father, trying to bring his love, so are we. And uh, we are joined together by the same common interest. We didn't know that you existed. Um, so we are changing our title. And uh, Angelo came up with that. And I think it's, I, I like it very much. Having coffee with the king kind of makes it uh, a little bit more of like an action. Having Absolutely. coffee with the king. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to Absolutely. help start your day and your energy. I had a wonderful preacher that I used to go see, and uh, I guess you'd call him exonerator, somebody who lifts you and pushes you forward. I always felt like he handled the word like it was a box of wrenches. When I left the meeting, I felt like, man, I can go out there and kind of deal with life better, and that's all we're trying to do is, sure. is pro provide you that energy and encouragement. Well, you know, Pete, a, a good preacher... Uh, is like a workman. He'll give you the tools. He'll show you how to do your craft. He won't do it for you. But if he's good at what he does, he'll give you the tools and the knowledge and education and show you how to work the love of Christ into your heart. Um, you and I had a little conversation. I want to uh, I want to kind of fill in the public because oftentimes, you know, you and I speak off camera about different things. One of the things you and I spoke about earlier in the week was um, the ability to uh, 
to exonerate the oneself by prophecy, by um, uh, inherent knowledge of Jesus. And you came across an interesting scripture that was uh, not only um, poignant, but validated and backed up by, of all people, Peter. So let's tell everybody what we got going on. Bless your heart. Um, you and I have shared your stories. I was very blessed in my life to have had what almost appeared to be a vision. Not, not the, the, the presence of another figure in the room with me, not, and it wasn't quite that. But as my eyes was closed, I had an image in my mind talking to me that was not me. And it, it came to me twice, the same image. And uh, I w wondered what that was. And then later in my life, when I went to ask God for his direction and to feel his participation in my life, I was blessed with a dream that did exactly that. So as you and I are talking about our mission of sharing with the world, uh, we're always looking for validation. We don't need too much validation because Jesus says, go in my name. That's enough validation for me. But at the same time, we, people are curious and they say, well, you know, what, what makes you guys do that? So, well, all right, we'll tell you. We'll share it with you. And then I look at you and say, come on, help me. Let's, you know, how do we validate this scripturally? Well, we did. Uh, we looked up. I remember, and you did too. We both remembered the, the men will have visions and dreams. And then we said, was that the gospel or did Jesus say that? So I went to the concordance. By the way, the concordance, for those of you that aren't aware of them, if you can get a phrase and look up the phrase in the concordance, it will tell you where it is. Kind of, actually, now I think the computer does that as well. Um, it does it very well, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And uh, so what we did was look that up. And we found an Old Testament um a prophet named Joel. Now the people, the children of Israel were in hard times. Uh, it's funny. Moses said, "They're a stick-necked people, Lord. You, you are, you're very good to love them." And it's funny. It's like God said, "Well, that's what I have to work with. Let me do the best I can with them." And uh, you know, I mean, it, it, he really did. But at any rate, uh, the people came to to God and said, "Father, we repent. We're sorry. We have been been foolish and." maybe just self-serving, whatever it may be, will you help us? And uh, it said the people fell hard times and they called out to God. He heard them. He promised to send them food and prosperity, but he also blessed them. And here's the scripture. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and on your sons and daughters. They shall prophesy. Your old men, that would be me and Angelo, shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And Peter quoted that in the upper room when they had their, their the meeting of all the saints. Yes, sir. So we're validated twice, once in the Old Testament as a prophecy, and then once again as a fulfillment, Peter backing it up. So I'm going to say it's a very natural thing. And this isn't something that's reserved for Angelo and I. In your prayers, ask the Lord for a vision. Ask the Lord for communication. Reach out to him. And you may not get a letter in the mailbox. You may not hear an audible sound. But something in your life, you'll say, oh, wow, that's confirmation. That's Absolutely. What, yeah, so it's there for everybody. And it also says in the, in the uh, Acts of the Apostles, what comes to you 
is to go through you. The vision and the dreams weren't just for me. They were given to me to share with you. Sure. So there we go. That's Absolutely. You know, a lot of people who do what I do for a living will take the uh, scripture that you've just quoted and they will use that as validation that God gives the gift of a prophecy through psychic. Being a psychic, I will tell you, that's not the case. Understand something. And I'm going to defend my, my craft and my people on this. When Jesus speaks of giving prophecy to the young and visions to the old, he's not talking about imparting the gift of spiritual clairvoyance to you. What he's talking about is as simple as this, giving you an inner vision in your heart. The inner eye, we call it the third eye. That third eye, that third eye is the heart. It makes you see with a different kind of emotion. It makes you understand with a different kind of mind. It makes you feel with a different set of hands. It's got nothing to do with being psychic. So those psychics out there that are quoting that scripture as their basis, don't do it. You're doing yourself a great injustice. We will have an entire show coming up on that. And the, we have Pete and I are bringing on a guest named Kevin Schopel, who's written three books on psychics in the Bible. But this is not the time to discuss it. So go ahead, Pete. Well, um, for our viewers and for you, because we just will hit the editing table, our pictures are frozen, but are you getting me? Absolutely. Okay, great. Then I'll just proceed. It doesn't matter. I've, I look in the mirror more than enough. I don't need to see myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's so many wonderful things. Well, I'll tell you what. While we're doing this, we brought up visions. Uh, we don't want to kill everybody in one day. Um, I think I mentioned my dream before. And I don't want to just repeat myself because we want to get on to our project, which is scripture and a little bit of loving interpretation. We're going to call on Brother Billy Graham because there was no finer man of God. I feel like Jesus when he said, of a woman born, there is no greater than John the Baptist. Well, I'm thinking maybe second in line might have been Billy Graham. He's a lovely, lovely man. Oh, how Amen. we love the Lord. How we love the Lord. Amen. But um, let me tell you about the two visions that I had. And it was kind of like you said, my eyes were closed and I was praying. I was studying or considering going to a Bible college and joining the world of ministry. And uh, I got sidetracked or was directed another way, you might say, um, because I've had very lovely men say, you're out there in the world. You're in the trenches, Pete. You can do the Lord's work out there. So maybe that's exactly what Angelo and I are doing. We're doing his work together with the Internet. Think about it. We don't have to go get a church. We don't have to get backers to put something on. The Lord and, and the world has given us this technology, and we're using it for him. I don't think you can do a better thing. So 
Um, while I was thinking about trying to get into the ministry, I used to read the Bible and I would create little essays that were almost like messages. I don't want to say sermons. I, that seems a little pretentious. But yeah, a, a yeah. shared message, that's kind of what we do, or a shared thought, even a shared prayer. So I was thinking, I was reading about Jesus, was talking to the 12, and you see him, I mean, the classic picture, you see him sitting on a rock and all together, and Jesus sharing his, his inside connection with, with the Father and trying to direct these men. And I remember saying, I closed my eyes. I was kind of in a weepy state. I said, I wish I could have been one. I wish I could have been one of you. And suddenly in my mind came a figure with a prayer shawl over his head. And it was in the shadows. I couldn't see the face. But I, it was a bearded figure that said to me, then be one now. And I freaked. I couldn't believe I, I didn't conjure that up. It just happened. It was an answer to my request. I yeah. wish I could be one now. I, that settled in my heart, and I told a friend about it. Two years later, I was walking in the desert, and I stepped on a thorn, those little round balls that are covered with thorns. It, it punched a hole in my heel, and I started to bleed, and it hurt. And so I go, oh, wow, man, that hurts. Well, every time for some reason I get really hurt, I think about Jesus for some reason. I think about what he went through for us. And it's, huh, I mean, you know, what do you mean you're hurt? Come on. Yes. And, I, and I remember thinking, I'm so sorry. I closed my eyes and I'm so sorry that you had to go through that for us. Again, that same image coming into my thought and says to me, then don't let it be in vain. This freaked me out. I know I didn't conjure that up. Same image, same spirit. I was talking to a friend of mine at church about it one day, and being immature in my own Christian walk, I said, I wish I knew that this was from God. I wish I knew that these were messages to me from God. And he said, what do you want? An angel at the foot of your bed with a trumpet? Who else would send you that message? And he's yeah, right. Yeah. Satan doesn't send you messages of love in God. He sends you messages for your ego, that you can do things on your own. You know, you can do this, so oh, everything's going to be great. He doesn't tell you to work for the Lord. Exactly. Will, he'll never tell you that. Well, those visions were really locked in my heart. And, well, uh, while, while I'm at it, here we go. My wife and I, uh, back in, a matter of fact, I think it was the 22nd of November, we went to bed one night holding hands, praying and saying, Father, we want to hear from you. We want to know that we are your, we want you to know that we commit ourselves to you as your children, but we want to hear from you. We want to almost feel like a, I receive you. God bless you. You're my babies. Don't worry about it. Please let us hear from you. How can we serve you? We fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. That night in my dreams, I have somebody calling song titles to me. For those of you who don't know me, I've been a singer all my life. So music is a way to communicate with me. And I'm getting song titles, and I don't understand the one of them until I hear, and the grass don't pay no mind. Then I hear some more. Don't get them. And the grass don't pay no mind. When I woke up, I told my wife, I said, I, I dreamt about these song titles. She says, well, let me take the granddaughter to school, and we'll investigate. 
She comes back and says, Pete, while I was in the car, I got the feeling it's going to be the first sentence of the song. I said, okay, we look it up. It's a Neil Diamond song. I should have known that because I do Neil Diamond and Elvis. Both sang this song. Mm -hmm. So we're looking for the first line of the song. What is it? Remember, our prayer is for communication with the Lord, and he gives me a song I've never heard. We look it up. She's got a word from the Lord. It's going to be the first line of the song. The first line of the song is, listen easy. You can hear God calling. Yep, absolutely. That's confirmation. That is a direct answer to a prayer. But I share that with all of you. You, listen easy. You can hear God calling in so many ways, in his creation, in your children's faces, and the love you get from your spouse, in the encouragement you get from your friends. Sure. That, that inner knowledge that I belong here. I didn't, this, I'm not an accident. I belong here. Of course you do. You're a creation. Absolutely, God, Pete. Yes, you are a creation. People he, don't understand. They, they, you know, they think that you have to hear a booming voice from the clouds to hear the voice of God. It's that inner, still, small voice yes. that you need to listen to. Yes, I agree. It's always the subtlety. God is a very subtle, loving God. Uh, I, I mean, he's both. He's every. He's subtle, but look around. That's not so subtle. The creation. <laughs> yeah. But you're right. <clears throat> it can also be a whisper. He knows how to whisper. He nudges you. Yeah, it's, it was a, a very exciting moment in my life. And it changed know, my Let me ask you a question about that. Because we've talked about that a little bit on the previous shows that we did. Um, how old, around how old were you when these visions occurred? Were you oh, a younger man? No, no, no. I was uh, at least 50. At least 50. Uh, between 50 and 60. I, you know, I've, I could look it up and try to find out. Wouldn't hurt just in terms of conversation. I'm just noticing something. I'm going to move just a little bit. I'll tell you why. I noticed that I'm blocking out Jesus' picture, and it bothered me a little bit. Is that better? That's beautiful. Okay, you can good. never overshadow Jesus, so don't worry about that. Oh, no, not at all. Here's why I'm asking. Here's why I'm asking, because... Um, you know, you know what I do for a living, and everybody who watches the show knows I'm a psychic. And I'm thinking to myself, that had to occur to Pete in his either his latter 40s or latter 50s, because that's traditionally, especially for men, that's a time of great change and great upheaval. Now, at that point in your life, my guess would be that you had a lot of things changing and a lot of things, you know, that were uncertain. And I think that the reason God spoke to you the way he did was to give you some sense of assurance that, Pete, I got your back, kid. And I think that's why he waited till you were later. So not only you could appreciate it, but in your maturity, understand it. Well, I, I think you're right. As a young man, I was much, much too full of myself and my career and what I was all about and what I wanted to do. And he may have just stepped back and said, oh, my God, let him go. Let him go. I, because it's, there are no surprises. He knows what we're going to do, 
way before we do it. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So, sure. so he, he'll be, he's going to be okay. He's He's got a decent heart. As a young boy, I was very taken with, with the Lord and, and church. But I'm going to say, sadly, um, I got consumed with my own career. Sure. And who I, who and what I thought I could be. I don't want to put a bad name on music or rock and roll or, or rhythm and blues or any of that. There's nothing wrong with any of the idioms. What goes wrong is how you relate to it, how you let it relate to you. But mm -hmm. you, also have, you also have to keep a watchful eye. There are some songs that you're going to hear uh, and you're going to say, eh, I don't know if that song is really good. And moms and dads have to kind of censor the, the, the music that their children are listening to. Remember, yeah. we live in a world that is um, physically dominated by the presence and the influence of Satan who sure. wants to pull you down. Well, I mean, Pete, as, as validation, as confirmation of what you're saying, you grew up in the 50s. Rock and roll, brother, was the devil's music. Oh, the preachers were burning rock and roll records back in the 50s. Right. I, I don't believe that rock and roll music is the devil's music. The rock and roll... Oh, I don't believe it either, but they, preachers they, in, in the 50s and 60s, particularly in the middle of the latter 50s, were burning rock and roll records. Guys like Elvis and Chuck Berry, Little Richard. Oh, my goodness, please. Well, originally, as the music came together, because I was doing this in my head, you know, like country swing, uh, rhythm and blues, some jazz, uh, and maybe even a little folk music all came together. But rock and roll was originally aimed to get the kids dancing. Do the jitter bug. You know what I mean? Have a better yeah. got a new pair of shoes. Come on. There, there's yeah. nothing there. Rock around the clock. Let's have some fun and dance around the clock. Shake, rattle, and roll. Okay. Now what happens is the lyrics begin to take on a life of their own. And exactly. um, if they're mischievous or if they're blatantly sexual, they're going to catch yeah. a certain attention. And mm -hmm. that's where the parents need to keep an ear and an eye open. And for the people going to church, which is always a wonderful place to raise your children, to get that spiritual bar high, have them reaching for the best they can do for the mm -hmm. best. That's hard to do at home without the help of a church. Sure. But at any rate, when you, you're hearing lyrics and you're saying, oh, I don't know that that's good. And I hate to pick on somebody, but I'm going to right now, I'm going to pick on the Rolling Stones. Tell you why. Two songs to think about. Sympathy for the Devil. Why? Sure. Why would you have sympathy for the devil? He's trying to break God's heart. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the influence of the devil on the Rolling Stones to make money singing mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. something that people will buy. Yeah. Honky-tonk women. One of my favorite rock and roll songs back in the era when I was a rocker. I laid a divorcee in New York City. I'm sorry, you're not going to sing that song in heaven. That song is not going to get played. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried to write some rock and roll songs myself. And I wrote songs that had some rather graphic image. And I had to come back and look at it since I'm changing my walk and my relationship. Say, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to 
push somebody into that aisle. You can find things to sing about and dance to and have fun with. I mean, for instance, let's just say a song like All Shook Up, and I love it because it's Elvis and he's my heavenly brother. All right, All Shook Up. There's nothing filthy or dirty in All Shook Up. I'm All Shook Up. You got me so crazy I can't see. We all feel that. We all feel that. So then that's that's not as bad as, that's not even bad. <coughs> Excuse me. It's playful. God wants you to be playful. He wants you to dance. Or at least I, in my humble opinion, he does. Of course you can dance. Have fun. Enjoy each other. And and the music and the beat and it's fun. Come on. He'd be the first one to throw a party. But can we not sing about having sex with other people's wives. For instance, Elvis sang a song called I Wanna Talk in My Sleep. And it's a song about a man who's sleepwalking or walking in the middle of the night. And he says, if I talk in my sleep, I didn't do it. He's talking about having sex with another man's wife. Yeah. And I singing that song on stage. I was doing it down at Pigeon Forge. And my dear friend, Charlie Hodge, who you know, Charlie yeah. was singing with me, was singing the song. And I stopped. I said, wait. Stop this song. I said, folks, I'm sorry, but I'm listening to what I'm singing. I said, I'm a born-again Christian. I'm trying to live my life to please and make the Lord happy. I can't sing this song anymore. This song isn't right. And Charlie started to laugh. I said, what are you laughing at? He said, Elvis did the same thing. Yeah. It was a song written by Red West. He's got a fantastic beat and a groove, mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. into it and all that. And so says, what am I singing about? Am I nuts? You know, yeah. I had to drop it. Yeah. I, but, but what tickled me is that Charlie laughed and said, same thing happened to Elvis. He loved the song. He's had a great beat. And Elvis said, I'm not that kind of guy. What What am I? So we need to watch some of the things uh, that that are coming out, uh, coming out of our mouth. Actually, yeah. well, I'll never forget. Uh, Rod Stewart had a great hit, you know, great in terms of very successful. I was at a toy store once with a girl and her little boy. And this kid comes, little bitty guy, maybe five years old, six years old, walking to the toy store. If you think I'm sexy and you want my body, come on, sugar. I'm going, what is this kid singing? I, I, yeah. I, have we all gone crazy? And, and, you know, you're going to get people say, well, man, that's music. That's okay. Yes, it is music. What comes out of your mouth is taken in by other people. It affects sure. the sure. heart. So what doesn't matter? Sing, sing that song to Jesus. Stand in heaven and say, I'd like you all to listen to my next song. Yeah. I don't well, think it's going to happen. Like, do you think I'm sexy is a whole different song coming out of a, a, a kid. It takes. It's a whole different kind of song. It's, it, it's completely it is. inappropriate. It, it's well, a, let's be honest about it, Pete. It's inappropriate enough as it is. Right. But coming out of a kid. Well, what it, what it does is it suggests the seeds that are getting planted, and that's our job as the adults. We want to watch what goes in, what goes in your ears, what goes, what we listen to, what we watch. Some of it's incredibly enticing. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a that's a great segue, Pete. That's a really good segue. You spent your entire career, your entire life as a singer, musician, uh, actor, uh, writer. Um, you've done all of those kind of things, written music. 
you've performed all over the world, Las Vegas, you've done television. Have you ever performed anything that you, at the moment, just realized, hey, I I can't do this anymore, and particularly with that one song? There you but go. Did you come, come to the, did you have your come to Jesus moment and say, you know what, Lord, um, I'm making a real good living doing this? Well, yes. Uh, we are told from the scriptures that you will be a new creature. The way you were Thursday, you will not be Friday. You won't, on Friday, you won't be where you're going to be in three years either. It's a growing process, but you will not long for the same thing. Suddenly, they will offend you. You will suddenly realize that you're trying to live a different way. You want to live a different way. It's, you just want to be a part of Jesus's world. You want to be a part of the world that God created, not the world that Satan is pulling you to. He doesn't want you near God. He doesn't want you near goodness and kindness. He wants you near perverted thoughts. Sexuality is one of God's beautiful creations, his amazing gift to us for the intimacy we share with our spouse, with the intimacy, not the intimacy we share with every cocktail waitress or every girl that we see or every good-looking mm -hmm. girl at the bank. No, those women share that with their husbands. And when you feel that, wow, look at her, I'd like to try to stop as soon as you can. No, you don't. If it reminds you of your wife and your the, those moments, okay, but you're not to have those moments with her. And they are incorrect. You say, well, that's not wrong. Yes, it is. We've been told by God, I didn't give you that to share over there. I didn't give you red paint to paint on your neighbor's car. I gave you red paint to put in your painting or to touch your car up with. But just because you have the tool, just because you have a hammer, doesn't mean you're supposed to break windows. You're sure. supposed to... I like that. Absolutely. Just because you have a hammer, you're not supposed to break everybody's window. Just right. because you stand with sexes doesn't mean you're supposed to be looking for multiple partners. Matter of fact, yeah. not to. Because when you do that, you will destroy the beauty of what you have with well, your own, of your own God, partner. You know, it's, it's interesting, again, you know, uh, the perfect segues that you're you're leading me right into great segues here, Pete. That's just why I like working with you because we think like that. Um, you know, the double-edged sword is is uh, it's used to cut and and it's used to cut. Okay, so it cuts going in, cuts coming out. Be on the right side of that blade. Yes, the hammer is a tool for building. It's also a tool of destruction. Can be yes. Yeah, so the same with the knife. The knife is a is a great tool. It can be used to create things. You can whittle wood. You can cut meat with it. You can slice bread with it. You can also cut a human being with it. Yes. So choose what side of the blade you want to be on. I, I said before you, life and death. Choose life. Exactly. He gives us the rule. It's, it's not a rule book. It's a love note. It's a guide. Do this. Don't put don't put Coca Cola in your gas tank. Use gas. You know what I mean? He's trying to share. I created you to function perfectly like this. Do this for me, and you'll do it for me. But you'll do it for yourselves, and we will have such a beautiful existence together. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, as we have been told, man strayed from that. 
man straight for that. He rebelled. He wanted to do things his own way. I'll invent my own religion almost. I can eat that fruit if I want to. Yeah. I want to know everything. And God knew that was going to happen. He stood sure. back and said, when he asked Adam, where are you, Adam? He knew where Adam was. But he wanted Adam to face up. Come on out. Let me know what you've done. You know. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. By the way, while we're talking about Adam in that fateful moment, I would like to stand up for the women of the world for just a second. Everybody, not everybody, but sometimes, traditionally, it's been kind of blamed on you. Let me tell you why it's not your fault. The snake didn't go to Adam. The snake came to Eve. Eve did cave in. She brought the apple to Adam. Why didn't Adam say, honey, what have you done? Oh, my God, we've got to take this to the father. We've got to tell him what happened. He'll fix this. That's not what Adam did. No. He took a bite, and then he tried to blame it on her. Adam, you let us down as much as Eve did, and it was we weren't equipped somehow by we already had free will. We already had free will. Otherwise, yeah. we were gone for it. We well, all, you know, so I never thought about time. that before. Angela, I'm glad you brought that because Eve gets a bum rap. She really does. does. Yeah, Pete, she gets a bum rap. Um, it's as much his fault. Yeah, he took a bite too. Well, um, she's taking some. What the heck? I, if it's good for her, it's good for me. Well, he might have been thinking about later on that night. I want to be sure, you know, if I make her angry. No, that's very yeah, right. good. <laughs> well, listen, Pete, we uh we're gonna we're gonna close up this episode. Uh, a parting words of wisdom from Pete Wilcox. What should people take with them this week? Oh, God bless you. I mean, take this with you. You've been given life. You've been given the gift. And God has sent you a love note in his scriptures saying, I want to be there for you. I am here for you. Walk with me. Walk with my son. And every morning, do your best to have a little coffee with the king. Absolutely. And on behalf of Pete Wilcox, I'm Psychic Medium Angelo. Till next time, Pete and I will be having coffee with the king. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.